gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. This program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD in Trinidad and Tobago. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. My guest today is Dr. Roger Smith from London, England. Hi, Dr. Roger. How are you? Good morning, Diva, from, from where you are. Uh, perfectly fine, thank you for asking. What time is it in London, England over there? What time is it? Yes. The time is after 2 o'clock. It's nearly 10 past 2, to be precise, in the morning. Oh, so you're still up. Wow. Thank you for being up. No problem. Okay, guys. So, Dr. Roger has a pack full of information to share with you. And I know that you you guys will be motivated, blessed, touched, whatever. So, this segment is called Inspirational Moments. Actually, it's going to be a two-part episode because, you know, of the wealth of knowledge that Dr. Roger has to share. So, Dr. Roger, take us way back to your boy days before having these degrees, these masters, these PhD? Well, where do I start? Let me see. Um, I got my <laughs> grandmother and my mother to thank for that. I think uh, the wealth of knowledge comes from that. And my father, who I never really knew, I suppose, in a way, but I suppose the genes were there and the chromosomes and so forth is one of those things. So, yeah, they say, if you want to know something, put it in a book. So I've always told, you know, your health is more important than your wealth. So if you're healthy, then you can be wealthy and you'll gain lots of knowledge. So when I was younger, um, there was only two siblings at first, an elder brother and myself. And then later on, a younger sister arrived. So I basically was born in the UK. I was born in an area of like North London. And therefore, after which time, we found that it wasn't too much of a safer place for either of us. It was never called Stoke Newington. It was very rough indeed. And you did not want to be around there. It was almost like a ghetto-like area. So, 
cut a long story short, we soon departed from the UK. I was the age of four and a half, and I was still visually impaired, by the way, totally raised to blind, and I mean blind. And my older brother was just fine. He could see everything. Not a problem. But I was still the odd one out. Uh, there's also other siblings and a set of twins and two other sisters. So, anyway, we, I and my older brother was the only ones who actually went and departed and left the others behind and went to the Caribbean to stay with aunties and uncles and cousins. So, the education in the West Indies is way better than the UK, as greatly noticed by lots of people. The education system was very demanding and very hard and harsh when you're vision impaired. But my mother and my grandmother was one of these people who were determined to say, well, life is the spice of life and no matter what you do, education is the key. So I wouldn't take no for an answer, although it was hard. I will be able to see because my mother and grandma was a prayer warrior so I will eventually see but doctors didn't think I would but I did so I educated to a pretty high level at the age of like 17 and very well and in school and came back to the UK at 17 and went into college to do IT and things like that and languages so IT and linguistics and then went over to I went to Loughborough University from Loughborough University then left there and then went over to a Catholic University of Leeds to go and do my masters and then I went into a job and I didn't go to do a PhD at all straight after that I was also doing other things like shelf stacking and other bits and pieces just to make ends meet with money and so forth and you know you do what you can as you do but then when you go and work in immigration and you get made redundant i said well okay i can't claim any money because i have too much money so i then decide that i'm going to go back into education and finalize and say to myself well i'll do a little bit of teaching and i say yeah that would do me because obviously i had already had my masters in it i thought teaching is fine that's not too bad but then i decided that teaching's okay but it's never going to be as good as, you know, still doing the thing I love doing the most. So I don't mind teaching children in secondary school. Like a Catholic, is a actually seven-day Adventist school, I should say. And believe it or not, that was an amazing experience. But then I went and faced somebody who I loved in school. There was some of them lovely and fiancé and she passed away. So it made me change my life and say I want to have something else. Then I then went on to go and do, and I said, go and do something else. And I says, well, I need to do my master. I need to do my PhD. So I decided that I was going to go and find out what it is. What is it you need to have a PhD? What is the knowledge and what is the empowerment of the mind? And I said, well, I realized it was that you need the wisdom to want to help others who are less fortunate than yourself. And that's what drove me to want to do a PhD because I said, well, a master's is a master's, but a PhD enables you to say, right, one, you'll have a title behind you, and two, you know that knowledge is power at the end of the day. As a black person in this country or anywhere from the Caribbean, you'll always be facing arrivals with other people. 
So I decided to do that. And when I had finished at, when I had finished at university, I decided to say, okay, I will then, believe it or not, that still wasn't enough for me. I decided, somebody decided to recruit me into, as a volunteer straight afterwards, to go and work in a black organization as a volunteer called the Nubian, it was called Buff at the time, Black Users Forum. But then I soon renamed it. I did, indeed. I renamed it as Nubian really? Users Forum. Yeah, I did. I renamed it. By the, what's the story behind that? I renamed it because basically, knowing what the wealth of knowledge is about black people and black history, and knowing people's roots of like Africa and say like Kemet and Utopia and Africa and the Nubians and all of these other things and the Caribbeanians, Ararat Indians and those of the Caribbean islands and many others and such like of your history. If you don't know where you know where you come from, you won't know where you're going. My mother's from the an island of Curacao, but she grew up in an island called St. Lucia, where she also decided to bring us up from. So, yeah, and my father's from Jamaica in Christiana in Jamaica. You said you did IT, you started with IT and I linguistics. Did, yeah. So, why those two first? What, what, in, what intrigued you in doing those two? Well, being that my mother was originally from Curacao, Curacao is a Dutch colony from South America in the Caribbean and so it's Dutch and it has a language called of its own called Pablimento which is a mixture of Spanish and Dutch and French in the same island so when you have other family members who are of that descent as well in order to communicate with them you better go and get on the same playing field as them and you better go and keep up and learn languages very quick otherwise you're going to get left behind in order to communicate and to be understood let me just say people that this gentleman knows several languages am i right sir several yeah there are seven in total spanish french dutch Mm -hmm. english Mm -hmm. Portuguese. No, there's German. Um, <laughs> um, Italian. Yes. Um, what else again? There's French Creole. French Creole. And the other two. <laughs> the, the other two. The other two is probably going to be... There's the Dutch... And then there's also going to be the, believe it or not, the Swahili. Wow. So, Dr. Roger, tell us the story behind those languages. Why seven? And how did you learn those seven? Well, the others came about because when you go and do things for, say, like the church, and you do what they call it, like some ministry stuff as an Adventist, and you travel. Uh, or in college back in the day you you know people do what they call you know there's a transition between um not so much homeschooling well i had some of that as you know as, as a child and i was blind but when you travel and you you're in a dormitory with others and 
you do a swap and somebody says you meet average foreign students they're learning english as their first language or their second language i should say and so you want to learn their language because you're around their environment so when i was in university i was in france in the catholic university of Lille, and i had spanish students italian students and so on but i was improving on my french because obviously my mother was, was obviously in st lucia and stuff like that so i could speak like creole but my french needed improving so i can i could have relate to a lot of things very easily so I wanted to, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, you teach me Spanish and Italian, and I'll help you with your English. So that was the deal. So why not? So, you know, not realizing that how it's going to be very, you know, sentimental and actually an important uh, educational tool, uh, a tool to use in business and ethnicity of, of diversity and equality in diversity as we have it today. Um, it's uh, very resourceful to have those languages at your disposal because they're useful in business or they're useful to communicate with travel and tourism or just to blend in with other people of, of, of other people of color or black and what have you, Afro-Caribbeans alike. You could be Cuban, you could be Puerto Rican, you could be anything, you know, you could be anywhere in one of the Caribbean islands. You could be from St. Lucia or Dominica even. So take your pick off from Haiti. So who knows? You greet them and meet them and you just want to blend in and chat with them. That's me. That's what I do. I don't need an interpreter. I just walk around and say hello to people and then I just start chatting and I chat with them. Now the next thing is, after which, I wasn't happy. I wasn't just sitting there thinking I could have just been idle and said, well, I've just got that. I decided, as I said, with this Nubian Users Forum, I wanted to help people. I could see a lot of injustice. So I decided I was going to study law. I decided I was going to do a Bachelor of Honours degree with, you know, I started off as Open University in the first two years. And I didn't really like Open University because the support network was terrible. So I then decided to apply for a referral to go to LSE, Learner School of Economics. And they accepted me there with a scholarship, no problem at all. And they said, off you go. So off I went and stories, the history just made, that's it. Finished that degree like over a seven year period because doing it part time. And here I am counseling people because between my Bachelor of Honours degree, like between law, it has a module that came covered with psychology as well. So that was also part of that as well. So I also have knowledge in psychology. I am speaking with Dr. Roger Smith from London, UK. And this show is sponsored by Santum Entertainment LTD in Trinidad and Tobago. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both. Let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123.
So, Dr. Roger, you mentioned that the support network wasn't great at another university when no. you were going to pursue your degree in law. Tell us why. What, what, what were the experiences you had? Well, there's lots of um, the discriminatory of not getting the assistance that I, I had the assistance in the first year. But when it came to note taking and reading materials and things, it just wasn't there at all. Like you go, because Open University is an online study, and you're there alone the whole time. You got to, you know, you're studying your own time, and you don't really get the assistance that you need at all. There's just nothing. There's nothing there. I'm, I'm used to, because remember when I did my IT and stuff to do with Microsoft and things like that license and approval sort of studies um in computer science and such like and linguistics you'll find that i was used to going in a in a class at loughborough university you know being with peers and being at a student's union or being with other peers in a class much better much better environment you know you have a chemistry and you bond with certain people and you can mingle with them and you associate with them you have a chemistry but when you're doing open university or you're just doing online studies it's not the same and when they say they're going to bring you somebody to help you once in a month or whatever to go through your notes like there's no guarantee that anybody's going to come at all you can be on your own it's a lonely road really on your own and there's a lot to read too so that help could have really, I really would have needed that. And I really could have done with that. Tell us about your psychology career. The thing about psychology, as I said, was combined with the law, because it's mental health law. So if you study mental health, mental health is about the mind. So you'd need to study psychology, whether you like it or not. And law is of a criminal mind. And, and like, so if you have psychology, it's a study of the mind in, ter- in general anyway. So I wanted to cover like civil law as opposed to criminal law. But when you actually study law itself, it's a dual subject anyway. They cross over from time to time because crime is always crime. It's a criminal act anyway. Whether it's going to be civil between two people or contract law for that matter to actually get your conclusions or whatever and things. Or somebody just going on your property and they're trespassing. It's still a criminal act anyway. Because it's illegal to do so in either either offence. Or say, for example, I'll give you an example. If somebody was to take a bicycle and the person takes that bicycle that doesn't belong to them, that's theft, which is what's called known as nine-tenths of the law, and then the person decides to respray that bicycle, knowing full well, right, the police will call it your appropriate property which means you're taking it against somebody else's will because it's not yours and you respray it and you try to sell it you cannot do that because if you try and do that by your appropriate property by trying to sell it by force witnessing and selling by force like you know will and actually trying to make a profit illegally and you're stolen the property for one anyway so you don't want to do that as sin so that's what appropriate property means and you do loads of people will do silly things like that they'll see a bicycle and it's just leaning there and you know but they don't realize it belongs to somebody or they may know it belongs to somebody but i hope nobody notices 
and that's what appropriate poverty means. So, law always interests me by the fact that, that a lot of people would see black people of color and they always see us being the aggressors, and we're not always aggressive. A lot of us are actually intelligent people, They're very educational people. I know people of different races, like in people in parts of Africa, and they come to the UK to better themselves. And the same goes for the Caribbean also around the globe. You see somebody who's a dustman and you think, oh, look at this one. This one's only, you know, this person's only a dustman. And they earn pretty good money. But what you don't know is behind that at night time, that person is, you know, they're doing law, they're doing accountancy, they're doing all sorts of things. But you wouldn't know that until you suddenly see them when they're finished. You see them wearing a nice suit. And then they're going into the office at Harley Street or wherever they work, earning real good money. So in my case now, it came to psychology because I wanted to know how the mind works, what makes people tick, and how can I do to help people with mental health? Because mental health is a stigma that people like to label people with. And I don't like the idea that they like to label black people. They like to put people in hospitals. They like to send them either to hospital or into prisons. So when you're in a hospital, you got that label and it never leaves you when you leave. Oh, well said, Dr. Roger. Before we wrap up, um, there will be a part two, guys, because I know everyone is eager to hear more of Dr. Roger's words. Um, I'll interview him for this segment, What Do You Do?, where he will share more of his career path, the IT path. We're going to go deeper in the IT path, the psychology path. So you don't want to miss that. So, Dr. Roger, you're visually impaired, right? Yes, I am. I have RP for short, which is the retinitis pigmentosa. In short, that means it's tunnel vision. And I can only see straight ahead. And my night vision is not always that brilliant, but I make the most of it anyway. So it doesn't stop you from having education and holding a job. And also, I'm not going to tell you what comes in part two. So when it happens, I will tell you. Guys, stick around. Could you elaborate more on how did you manage at the university level of taking notes, exams, all of that? Like I said, this appointment was real terrible. So what I used to do, <laughs> uh, if I ever catch up with my lecturers and stuff and professors, they'll probably say, you, you managed to sneak that in here? I say, well, yeah, because, well... I wasn't supposed to really record anything and blah blah blah, but I managed it because I, I had a I had a uh, Plex talk like a note taker, and it would record stuff. But because I had my headphones in, you wouldn't know I had one there, so it would pick up everything. It was very sensitive, and I recorded stuff, and I took a lot of my own notes from there in the class a lot. So it looked as if some people thought I might be listening to music or whatever. I wasn't doing that at all. I was listening to everything, but recording my own notes. And and because I could type, because I was good at IT beforehand, I you know I was, uh, I was very fast typist, and I still am. So I took my own notes that way, because I brought my own laptop into the class a lot. You are a family man. You are a Seventh-day Adventist. Tell us how important this close relationship with God is to you and what do you do apart from the workspace? You know, what are your hobbies? What do you do in your spare time? 
Well, God has always been the other stewardship of guidance in my walk of life in order for me to actually give being able to have the gifts and the talents I've been blessed with to date. Like the languages and the interest in IT and things like that, and then law and then psychology. So all of them is not of any of my doing at all. No, these things have been given to me by God himself. All of us have our own talents and our gifts, but it's just a question of acknowledging them and giving thanks to the Lord himself and give him all the glory. To me, I don't, I don't see myself or praising myself to say I'm better than anybody else. I give all my glory to the Lord because if with him, I can do all things and through him strengthen all things. Without him, I am nothing and I can do nothing and I would never have achieved anything. That's my advice I'd give to anybody. You get out what you put in. Do you mind speaking something out of one of those seven languages? One of your favorite scripture passage. One of those languages. <laughs> A scripture passage. Maybe I should say in Swahili that. Um, okay. Which means God loves you. How would you say it in French? You could say Crystal, Crystal, je t'aime et vous. Okay, that's cool. Okay. Before we go, sir, would you like to say hi to anybody out there in the world? Well, I'd like to say hi to people not only in Trinidad, in the port of Spain. I'd like to say hi to people <laughs> in Kingston. I'd like to say hi to people in St. Lucia in Castries. And I'd like to say hi to people in the UK, of course. So, and also the USA down there in Brooklyn. Or okay. Florida. Yeah. So, Ooh. peace out, everybody. So, you said your father is from um, Christiana. So, could, could we hear a little bit of your patois? Your Jamaican patois? Well, if you want me for good year, I want good. Because the people that move over there, them like the yam food, you know, the hard food that I can't eat food, yeah. So your belly full, belly done. All right, <laughs> article done. Time for the next series, the next time you see in part two. There you have it, folks. Dr. Roger Smith. Tune in next week, Sunday, for part two of the what do you do segment where we will explore the different career professions that dr roger holds and we're going to expand more because i'm trying to bring out these career professionals to advise the young people to choose their career paths you know because sometimes we see in this world today that these university students often choose from faculty to faculty to faculty and it's just really difficult but with these career professionals, they are able to give out the best advice they can give. Shout out to some people from Brooklyn, Leola Williams, Francine Campbell Richards and her husband, Rosie Longoria. Happy, happy belated birthday to you, Rosie. Hope you had a wonderful day. Hashim Kirkland, uh, my producers, Sydney Thorpe, 
and Damien Rose. Shout outs to Mr. Wilbert Williams and everybody uh, in Kingston, Jamaica, New York, Trinidad, Miss Brenda, everybody. So remember, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. See you next week, Sunday. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva.